Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's the most resilient parasite? Primetime with Isaac Insu. Can build cities, can transform the world, and rewrite all the rules. That's what I'll be doing every single night. Which is why... No, 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 no! I have to steal it. <laughs> This is Primetime with Isaac and Souk. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This this isn't terrible. The best in local, regional, and national sports. With no hidden agenda. Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Alrighty. Hour two of Primetime. If you missed anything from hour one, shame on you. What are you doing with your life? You really should be listening. It is me, Luke Anderson, filling in for both Isaac and Souk, but also filling in for both Isaac and Souk is Buck. He's uh, he's with me. Hi. We're doing a live show. This is happening now. This is not recorded. No, we're, we're live. We're talking about sports and stuff and things for now, but we've got In the News coming up. We'll talk yep. about uh, what's going on in the news, uh, airport news. I've got some oh boy. Air- airport news that is very exciting. I uh, only yesterday started hearing about the airport news. I kind of did a... Yeah. I stayed away from most social media during the holidays, especially since we were away from home. I kind of just ignored most of that stuff. Good for you. It's and healthy. Then, but yesterday, as I was back on social media doing mostly like Oregon, North Carolina, digging around and stuff related to the football game, I started to see some of that Southwest stuff, and my goodness. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit, uh, how you can... Uh, Get rid of your Christmas tree and help salmon. Uh, at the oh. same time, there's there's plenty of things in the news. Fascinating. Uh, we have the club hour coming up. Uh, apparently, there's something strange underneath uh, Yellowstone Park. Oh, uh, so when we all die. Oh, are we that. getting a Stranger Things Yellowstone collab? Ooh. A crossover? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll have to we'll have to stick around we'll for, the for the we'll club hour. We'll have to. The, you you may also uh, have uh, more insight on telling people why not to order pizza in Romania. Ooh, yes. So we, <laughs> we got a lot to get to. Uh, but right now. You know what? I also wanted to mention, just to wrap up our last conversation, talking oh, about Dan Lanning, we got a great text on uh, the fan text line. 503-250-1080. I was going to say, we want to hear your thoughts at 503-250-1080. We do. Um, but we were asking about you know how satisfied people are with Dan Lanning in this first season. And this person says, I don't know if, it will be, if Lanning will be great or better than Cristobal. I think he probably will be. But the biggest thing about this season is it's the most fun I've had watching Oregon football in about a half a decade. It's the kind of football that appeals to me. Amen. And so, and I, I dig that. And, you know, we were watching when that extra point snuck through last night. The look on Dan <laughs> Lanning's face was like a kid on Christmas. Yes. I mean, it, it's real for him. It's cool. Yeah. And, and like I said, when he lifts up the trophy, I mean, he hoists 
face that thing with so much joy that they just won that game. And he's happy for the kids. And he's, you know, there's nothing wrong with being happy for yourself, too. Everything doesn't have to be. It's all about the kids and the pro. No, just have a little joy, I think, uh, never hurts going anywhere. Uh, but we need to take a, uh, a a slight pivot from college football over to the NFL. Um, Ryan Buckley, what the hell is going on with quarterbacks this year? Man, where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the latest. <laughs> okay. Which there's two latest that has me uh, miffed. Uh, let's start with Derek Carr. Okay. Because that's a weird one. Okay. So Derek Carr has been benched. Derek Carr has been the starting quarterback for the Raiders since 2014. Derek Carr is no longer with the team. Uh-uh. He when went did, home. When did this become a thing? So... Derek Carr has been replaced as the starting quarterback, and he doesn't want to be a distraction to the team, so he just walks. Marcus Mariota opted to have surgery, apparently, without telling anybody, and Jimmy Garoppolo had to practice on a different field. Has this ever happened before this season, where guys that were under contract for a team were not worth having around because they'd be too much of a bother? So the one time that I've heard of anything like this, I believe this happened with uh, Alex Smith with the 49ers, but it was because, and I think this might have been the thing with Garoppolo too, although Garoppolo was because he had finally been cleared and they wanted to trade him, but with Alex Smith, he hadn't been medically cleared yet. Yeah. And so he couldn't technically participate in anything until he had, but he was like, I'm ready to work. But as far as the, I'm just going to go make these unilateral decisions and do my own thing, this feels very new. Yeah, it's 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 confusing to me and it feels like it's not going to be a flash in the pan. I mean, the more money these quarterbacks make, um the more quickly teams are deciding to move on and try something different because it's it's mission critical that you're competitive every single year. Uh-huh. The the fact that Tom Brady was able to leave the Patriots, win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford was able to leave the Lions and help the Rams win a Super Bowl. You jettison Jared Goff, who's under contract, give away everything, mm-hmm. win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. And then you see, like, the saga in Denver this year is, oh boy. is I mean, holy cow. Russell Wilson goes over to Denver and is terrible, but he's guaranteed how much more money? Like two hundred like, million dollars yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It is? it's an eighty-two million dollar cap hit if they cut Russell. Right. Russell. Well, and so this and this is an interesting thing about the Derek Carr situation is that this offseason, this last offseason, they signed into a three-year extension. Yep. And now they're basically Kyler kicking, Murray's under extension, kicking him out of the building. You know, did I mean, they like, kick him out so or he decide to leave? And so here's the thing, I, and that's where I don't know if it's like a I'm calling your bluff. But I feel like this it goes into the the kind of cultural shift we're having of the players taking the power back. You know, like we've yeah. seen in the NBA a little bit where guys have just said, "Well, this is how it's going to be," and 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 these are my terms, and this is like what what I'm going to do. When these starters have fi- found out they're not the starters anymore, they're like, "All right, see ya." Deshaun I- Watson decided he didn't want to play in Houston, sits out for a year. Then we find out he's a monster and a predator. And so he ends up out another year, and he gets paid the highest guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And now he's playing. Well, and so and, and he, we're kind of forgetting about it. But you asked, like, is did the Raiders kick Derek Carr out of the building? So oh, yeah. I, I don't know if they kicked him out of the building, but the, as the text line points out, and I was reading this earlier today, 
if so they can they can cut him with only like a five and a half million dollar cap hit in the yeah. in the offseason. But if he were to get hurt in these last two ah. weeks of the season, they'd owe him upwards of forty one million bucks. They cannot cut him if he's uh, the, the money is essentially guaranteed if so they if cut he gets, him while he's injured. If he gets hurt at home, yeah, that's on him. Correct. If he gets hurt at the facility or in a game, or if he well, comes in, yeah, and, but, like even yeah. if they pivot away from him sure. and they're like, okay, well, we're gonna ride with Stidham because we don't know if we're gonna you're gonna be our guy next year, but yeah. we still need you on this backup. No, they don't want him anywhere. They don't want anyone breathing on him. Whew, man. And so, because but again, of it's, that, it's, it's it's yeah, like I said, it's because of the the money though. Right. I mean, it's just it's it. This is. Is this the new normal around quarterbacks where these guys are just getting paid astronomical salaries and you have to do everything you can to, to mitigate the, the loss? And it sounds like that's exactly what the Raiders are doing. And this is just one of two stories this week of a starter getting benched. And, and but I, so then when these starters get told that that's going to be the case, they're like, well, then what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. You know, and so if that's the case, well, if, like, if you don't want me to even lift or throw, then I might as well go home. I mean, what yeah. are they going to, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Cut you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then take the hit. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is because Derek Carr's had a terrible year. I think he leads the league in inter- interceptions for starting quarterbacks. But, Sounds right. But if, but he will, he's good enough that he'd be, a starting quarterback for someone next season, and they want to be able to trade him, yeah, in the offseason and yeah. get a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I can see that, and you could get a first round pick because he'd be an upgrade for I don't know, five, six, eight teams. Yeah, I mean, I suppose he would, but th- see, that's a question I have around Geno Smith. Where Geno Smith is how old? Thirty five? Is he that old? I, I want to say thirty four, thirty five. That sounds okay. about right. So, but Geno Smith. Has had a good year by all measures. He's he's not been as good over the last four or five games that he was early in the season when the Seahawks had a 32. running game. Thirty two. Okay, so you've got a thirty two year old Geno Smith. How old is Derek Carr? Because he's been the starting quarterback since two thousand fourteen. So we'll put him in the same age. He's probably pretty close he to the same age. He is thirty one. Okay, so you've got these two guys that are. Certainly not long in the tooth. They've got a lot of years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But what is it worth to re-sign Geno Smith this offseason? Because the idea that he's going to be worth the franchise tag at $35 million to me seems extreme. And the idea that he could go out and, and demand, you know, well, I'm, I, if I don't make $30 million, I'm not going to come back and play. Because those, those guys like that, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, they're probably not going to go out right now and command franchise quarterback money from anybody, but they're good enough to start for franchises who need quarterbacks. Well, so, that's, so where does it leave you? you yeah, know? well, and so if you're Seattle, you're going to have Denver's first-round pick, which is probably going to be in the top five. You're going to have your own first-round pick, which eh, they could very easily make the playoffs uh, with everybody else losing after they lost to the Chiefs last week. Um, but they, So let's say they're 15-20 to 20 for their pick, so you have two top-20 picks. If you're the Seattle Seahawks and you have a serviceable starting quarterback, I would not expect... I mean, Ryan Tannehill goes down in Tennessee, and they bring in Malik Willis to start over the last three games. He's been so bad that they just picked up Josh Dobbs, who's going to start. He's going to start week. tonight. Yeah. And he's picked up off a practice squad. Uh-huh. So the idea of going early in the draft and finding a guy that could be the guy down the road doesn't mean that he's going to be the guy. And it certainly doesn't mean that he's going to be better than Geno Smith next year. Right. So the, the decisions that you have to make is do you find a guy that, that is Aaron Rodgers that can be your starting quarterback for the next 18 years? And hopefully you win one Super Bowl. Find a guy like Drew Brees who can lead the league in passing for 12 years with the the New Orleans Saints and maybe win one Super Bowl. 
Peyton Manning in in Indianapolis won how many Super Bowls? Uh, one. One Super Bowl. So the idea of going out and get that young franchise quarterback, Seattle's the first team that I've seen do it. Are we getting to a point where some franchises are going to be, you know what, we're just going to kind of build a team and whoever's playing quarterback is going to be good enough. There's going to be a Nick Foles out there that can win you a Super Bowl. Well, and, and now there's and, going to be a Brad Johnson that can win you a Super Bowl. There's there's going to be a Trent Dilfer. You know, fill in the name. Could of, there be a Brock Purdy that wins you the Super Bowl? I mean, that's where the Niners are right now. I mean, they not because, not, not because they've moved intentionally moved on from those guys, yeah. but they have built a stellar team around the quarterback position, yep. hoped that Trey Lance was going to be ready, wasn't, got hurt, went back to the guy who they were trying to get away from. He was good enough with the pieces around to put them as a contender, and now they're on to Mr. Irrelevant, who, well, if he can just put the ball in the right places and manage the game well enough, maybe he can do the job. Why is Jalen Hurts playing so well in Philadelphia? Because the pieces around him. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and the coaching, always, too. Well, but it's always, it's always been a thing in the NFL, too, where if you look at it, why was Russell Wilson so successful as a starting quarterback in Seattle? Yes, you're on to something here. Is he was on a good team when he started Ben yes. Roethlisberger in, in uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yep. It, Tom Brady, when he finally got his, when he got his first opportunity, that team was Super Bowl ready. Mm-hmm. And you put a quarterback on there and then give him three or four years where he doesn't have to be the focal point of the offense, guess what? what in year five he's probably going to be more confident more comfortable and more educated on the quarterback position than anybody else in the league and then you can let him have a little bit more free reign with it the other thing that i'm curious about is real quickly well you know what maybe we maybe we save this until the next segment Ooh, because tease. i am curious about this well there are two questions around russell wilson oh okay i like these by the way, a couple of his teammates coming to his defense on social oh, media today. A couple of receivers. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, because they didn't come to it in a press conference. <laughs> Russell Wilson, if his career goes like this or even even slightly better than this year, but he finishes in mediocrity in Denver, is Russell Wilson a Hall of Famer? Oh, boy. And my other question is, let's take a look back at some of the USC quarterbacks and how good we thought they were coming out of college, are we not giving Pete Carroll enough credit for how good he is with quarterbacks? Okay. Those are my two questions. We'll discuss both of those next. You're listening to a Buck and Luke edition of Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date to detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No Isaac, no soup. 
but you do have a Luke. What up? Yeah, that was stupid. Um, all right, so I wasn't trying to give you the crickets. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for some response. Jump in. I was just. We'll get to this later. I was just. Uh, I was just seeing yet another report on the on the passing of a significant figure in the soccer world, which I don't have the audio for yet. But I know we're going to discuss. Yeah, it we'll later. we'll we'll discuss that. Uh, we'll have to figure out who's doing the hot five five because I should probably get working on that. But I'm sure it will be in there, and we'll talk about it uh, in hour three. But right now we are talking about uh, NFL football and quarterbacks. This has been one of the wonkiest years for quarterbacks. I think we've seen Joe Flacco start a game this year. And we've seen Russell Wilson play terrible this year. And my question to you is who has a better Hall of Fame resume between Joe Flacco and Russell Wilson? Oh, man. I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't have the first idea what their stats looked like side by side. But this is, this is why I throw it to you without any notice. Right. I'm very curious about your initial thoughts on this. I mean, I, I think that the general perception would be that Russell Wilson is the significantly better quarterback. Sure. Um, they both have a Super Bowl. They both have a Super Bowl. And that's Bowl. it. Well, um, so so let's let's kind of go through it. I mean, th- those Baltimore Ravens teams that, that Joe Flacco... And I think, I think the reason we look at Russell Wilson with a little bit more, like, obviously he's better, is because it's more recent, right? There's just a little recency bias. So those Baltimore teams... Captain by Joe Flacco were really good for a really long time. I guess I think of Russell Wilson's role on that Super Bowl team as being more important to the team Ooh. than than Joe Flacco's. Oh, see now that's where it's that's where it's interesting, and, and, it's, and it's hard to say for Cause, sure. Cause and I'm it's not year two that, for Russell Wilson that he won the Super Bowl, and so maybe they weren't asking him to do as much. But I guess I thought of him as being a more dynamic player and a tougher player to play against for for their opponents than Ooh. Joe Flacco would be. I feel like Joe Flacco's quarterback won mo- maybe more on the back of that defense. I know that you know, Legion of Boom, obviously. Yeah. It, it's not it's not like that wasn't the case also, but yep. I, I guess they in my mind, whether it's whether it's actual actually true or not, Russell Wilson's skills were more needed for Seattle to do what they did than Joe Flacco's were for Baltimore to did to okay. do what they did. So let's let's do a little let's do a little side by side comparison with that. So you had a team win the Super Bowl with the best defense in football in the in the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson uh, was the quarterback of that team, but Marshawn Lynch was your running back. Yep. The Legion of Boom is all time, all time. Mm-hmm. That defense. And that running game were good enough to go back to another Super Bowl mm-hmm. the next year, which they would have won too. But if not for a interception on the most pivotal play of the game by Russell Wilson, Flacco had one of the best playoff runs ever. He went 11 touchdowns, no picks Damn. in the run up to that Super Bowl. And he ended up being the highest paid quarterback in football after that. Oh, that's right. You know what? I could, I had kind of forgotten that because then he, I remember he got the contract and the next day he like went, there was a video of him like driving to McDonald's and ordering chicken nuggets. And it's like, <laughs> what does a guy do when he gets a $126 million contract? Yeah. He goes to McDonald's. Now, Russell Wilson's numbers uh, look a little bit better um, in certain areas. And, and I think you would you know, not be terribly surprised to learn that because Russ was really, really good. But also Joe Flacco hasn't been in Baltimore for a few years. So he shows up and just lays an egg. Like this year his uh his completion percentage is fifty eight percent. His career completion percentage sixty one percent. So it's not I mean it's not that, you know, it's not that far off from his career. Russell Wilson's career completion percentage 
64%. I mean, it's not overwhelming. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, has, let's see, I don't have all of the numbers right here. So he played, trying to get the seasons up so I can do that comparison. And you know what? While, while you're doing that, this is, this topic's clearly very polarizing because I'm seeing stuff coming on the text line now, and it's and it's all over the map. The first one's saying that we are absolutely bananas for even having this discussion. It's Wilson, and it's not even close. Uh, then then we have another one saying that Flacco put his uh, put Baltimore on his back and, and led them to the Super Bowl. Wilson was aided by the best defense in the league uh, and the highest paid offensive line. It's Flacco yeah. that's more impressive. Well, so, so yeah, the, 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 this is this is just a thought because I mean I I watched Russell Wilson. I watched the Seahawks every play for you know the nine years that he was there. Joe Flacco was the starting quarterback in Baltimore for 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. They both have one Super Bowl. So if you're going just on that comparison right there, but from a a standpoint of, you know, who was the the better quarterback on a team, both had great defenses. Yep. Um, but like I said, that playoff run was was second to none for Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely did put that team on his back. That was not a Trent Dilfer Super Bowl. No, no. But so outside of that, because th- this other texter saying Flacco had maybe two or three good years in Baltimore. Wilson had a decade of being great. Do we agree with that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess you, you could say that. I mean, but the teams, I mean, the, the records, the worst season that Baltimore had was in 2015. They were three and seven. Outside of that... Um, I guess they had four and five in 2018. So obviously there's a couple stumbles at the end, but that team was 11 and five, nine and seven, 12 and four, 12 and four, 10 and six, eight and eight, uh, 10 and six. So they have uh, five 10 win seasons in there. The team in Seattle is 11 wins, 13 wins, 12 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins, nine wins, 10 wins. The team in Seattle was better. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Baltimore's kind of up and down. They didn't always have the, the great running game. I mean, they had John Harbaugh, so you have a great coach as a comparison there. Um, there was not a lot of years where the completion percentage was super high for Joe Flacco. His highest completion percentage year was. 65%. Russell Wilson had a season where it was 68%, for, but for the most part, 61, 63, 64%. Okay. So I, what I'm saying, though, is if if he stumbles down the rest of his career, we're going to look at Russell Wilson in a very different light. And the idea that he, kind of, whether he pushed his way out of Seattle or he, you know, he was, um, you know, he was kind of... Uh, um, pushed out by Seattle. Either way, he was incompatible, and they didn't keep him there. The thing is, Russell Wilson was good enough as a football player to stay there, but the other side of this coin that I wanted to look at was Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll gets zero credit for how good he is with quarterbacks. Zero credit, right? He's, yeah. he's a run-first quarterback, and he's a defensive guy. In fact, I think he's even been criticized recently for not doing a good enough job with the offense and with quarterbacks and with yeah. play-calling coordinators. I mean, sure. that, that, that's been something that's been that the media and others have been really critical of in, in recent years. Yeah, they won a division with Tavares Jackson yep. when Pete Carroll first got there. Let's look Forgot at his that. quarterbacks at USC. So he has Carson Palmer when he starts as a head coach in 2001. He inherited Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. So Heisman we Trophy tr- winner. Yep, Heisman Trophy winner. What's his next quarterback do? The guy that he recruits, Matt Leinart. 
Uh, he also wins a Heisman Trophy. Yes, all Pac twelve, all Pac ten offensive player of the year, all Pac ten first team Heisman Trophy winner, uh, all Pac ten first team college football Hall of Fame. John David Booty then comes in as all Pac ten first team Rose Bowl MVP. Then he's replaced by Mark Sanchez. He gets Mark Sanchez drafted in the first round. He's all Pac ten Rose Bowl MVP. Then he gets Matt Barkley as a recruit in there, and Matt Barkley is the guy that he kind of leaves in waiting. But Matt Barkley, Matt Barkley was a Heisman candidate going into his later seasons, but without Pete Carroll. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a first-round pick going into his final season, came back, and then wasn't. But but without Pete Carroll, he ended up languishing. So the little run that they had, I know that they had Reggie Bush, and I know that they had better teams or whatever, but the run of quarterbacks that he had at USC, he gets no credit for anything those guys did. And he turns Russell Wilson into a guy that, you know, some people in the text line are saying, absolutely one of the best quarterbacks over the last decade. But the second Russell Wilson leaves, what happens? Falls apart. The wheels come off. Yeah. And Pete Carroll looks like, I mean, you talk about Dan Lanning being one of those guys that people want to play for and looks like he's having fun at, what is he, 36 years old? Yep. Pete Carroll has that same vibe at 71 Double or 70 or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. But Pete Carroll looks like a guy that you want to go out and have fun playing for. And the fact that Russell Wilson can't figure it out uh, elsewhere makes me kind of reevaluate the way that we look at Pete Carroll, where you need to give him a little bit more credit for what these quarterbacks are doing. I know he doesn't have a huge NFL resume, um, but at least what he's done in Seattle, he's made quarterbacks look pretty damn good because Geno Smith was an afterthought. And I think the idea that people were putting Drew Locke ahead of him going into this year is all the evidence that you need that nobody was thinking Geno Smith was going to have a year. But in one year, Pete Carroll without, we did this with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, right? Was it Bill? Was it Tom? Tom won that one. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll's winning this one. Well, the, the After other, one year. The other thing, too, that I think people forget about Pete Carroll is that when they drafted Russell Wilson, they had just signed Matt Flynn to an enormous contract. Like $17 million it, a it, year? It was like four years, $60 million or yep, something like that. $17 million a year. And, yeah. and, and basically, Pete Carroll was the one that had the balls to say, yep. you know what? The rookie actually gives us a better chance to win. Yeah. And, and, and said, I don't care what we were already we've committed to this guy. We're putting the young guy out there. Well, and you've heard the rumors from a talent evaluation standpoint. John Snyder and, and, uh, and Pete Carroll were interested in in trading Russell Wilson for the first overall pick in 2018. They wanted to go after Josh Allen, and they were trying to trade up to get Pat, Mah uh, Pat Mahomes. So those are the two. Now, they may have thought about a bunch of other guys, and they don't tell those sure. stories uh, over beers with the media afterwards. But from a talent uh, a talent stand evaluation standpoint, it feels like they've got something going. But if, if we're going to say that Bill Belichick lost the Tom Brady matchup, I'm saying Russell Wilson lost the Pete Carroll matchup. 100%. But nobody's, nobody's giving Pete any credit for that. Until us, right here, right now. You're the first. There you go. I like it. I think I think I think it's a giving Pete his flowers here is a very fair thing to do. Well, hey, we'll watch over the next couple of years because when when Seattle moved on from Russell Wilson and did not move on from Pete Carroll, I was a little confused. I'm like, is this a rebuild? What is going on? Because a 70 year old head coach, not the guy you want in charge of a rebuild, and apparently they're just uh, reshuffling. So interesting to watch. Uh, all right. We, we'll keep an eye on that and the other quarterback insanity, but we have to get to very important news. It's in the news. It is next, but first, Buck, with your Sports Center update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back in. You were doing uh, solo shows. You were doing in the news all by your lonesome when you're doing the best ofs, uh, keeping people up on everything they needed to know. So I appreciate that. I'm happy to be able to hand, lend you a hand. Yeah, I, I tried to do a little hybrid version where I would take, uh, you know, the day's events, the special days, all that stuff uh, in the first portion and then would uh, find some best of for the, the second portion. Well, perfect. Well, we will uh, we will do our best uh, to keep the uh, the greatness that is in the news going and we will do that right now i'm luke anderson i'm your action news reporter with all the news it is news across the nation and with me ryan buck esteemed correspondent esteemed correspondent i like that uh today is international jewish book day interesting i have no reference for that whatsoever uh today is also uh pepper pot stew what is it National Pepper Pot Day. So according to legend, pepper pot soup was created on today's date in 1777, 10 days after General George Washington and the Continental Army had set up their winter camp in Valley Forge. Never had pepper pot soup. I don't know that I have. I don't even know what it is. But I do like my soups and stews to have a peppery flavor if that has oh, anything to yeah. do with it. I was like adding a little cayenne to any soup always makes it a little nice. Sure. So yeah. get a spicy ramen in there. Yeah, my mom made a fantastic chili that she brought over for the Ducks game yesterday. Ooh, chili. I haven't had a good chili. In a my mom makes a great chili. Ooh, I'm gonna have to talk to somebody I know that makes a good chili. My wife makes a good chili. I'm there gonna you go. talk her into making a chili. Great winter food that you can keep some for uh, you could it freezes well, you know, you yeah, can save some for a month down the road. Ooh. Bad idea. Um, it is also still need to do day. Huh. So uh, today, as we get ready for New Year's, it's the day where you do all the things that you still need to do. Ah, so it's like catch up on procrastination. It's like, day yeah, it's of. like wrap up, wrap things up, wrap things up day. Those are the three national days that I've found. So, well, Jewish Book Days, international, and I think it's just a day to recognize Jewish Book um, In the news today, I was intrigued by this. There's a story here that says how to recycle your Christmas tree while helping salmon. You teased this earlier, and I was fascinated by it. Yeah, I didn't actually read through it. I just saw the headline, and I grabbed it. So uh, the North Clackamas Watershed Council will collect 
the trees on January 7th. The trees will be used to attack, attract insects for food to help salmon hide from predators. So what they're going to do is they're going to take all of the Christmas trees and chuck them in the river for you. So much of the stream's areas, so now that Christmas is over and you're wondering what to do with the Christmas tree, the North Clackamas Watershed, which works to restore streams, will collect the trees and help them in salmon, help with salmon populations. So by putting them into the, the creek, they're going to get more coverage, they're going to help attract insects, which are food, and it's going to make everything better for salmon. So if you would like to donate them, what you want to do is... Between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. on January 7th, volunteers will be clicking, picking up the trees, uh, and you want to go to, and they're going to place them in the Willamette River near Elk Rock Island. I'm trying to figure out where you drop these off. Uh, North Clackamas Park. I so think just, it's a wonderful endeavor. My issue is that I'm probably not bringing my tree to you. Oh, uh, you know, I'm like, you like salmon. I, lo- I love salmon and you I like love clean water. and I love that it's free like the, the the you know the collection but the problem is I don't have like a truck and I, and with all the pine needles and everything falling off the now dying tree that's been up for a month I don't want to put that I mean yeah. I guess I could retie it to the top of my car and I mean yeah maybe I'm just a bad person because I don't care enough to bring it down there no, that's fair uh, my question is will they take artificial trees because those pack up a lot nicer <laughs> I'm guessing they don't want those in the creeks I don't think the artificial ones enhance the salmon population yeah well, that's probably fair then uh, again I'm no scientist yeah that's also fair uh, my uh, my brother got a 13 or 14 foot Christmas tree that is uh, absolutely humongous. Uh, but his real estate agent uh, that he bought his house from last year um, has a deal where she'll buy everybody a Christmas tree that e- either referred her to somebody that bought a house or bought a house from her or sold a house, let her sell a house for them. In the year, she gets him a Christmas tree and gathers everybody up at a lot. Well, my brother referred his real estate agent to my wife who referred them to a friend and so we all got invited to Christmas trees. We go to the lot. And my brother has like a big two-story entryway. Okay. And it's like a big like great room when you wash sure. in. And then this 14-foot Christmas tree that is looks like the Griswold family Christmas tree. Amazing. Like, Dude, that's going to fit in your house. She's buying it. They flock it, deliver it, and wrap it in lights and bring it to your house. Wow. And so he's got that. But I wonder if the flocking will disqualify from this. But oh, dude, yeah. the thing is absolutely Don't flock with the salmon, you know? Yeah, good point. Flock like the salmon of Capistrano. All right. Uh, police arrested a 31-year-old man accused of shooting a United States Postal Service mail carrier in Milwaukee in broad daylight on Christmas Eve. Come on now. On December 24th, Milwaukee police officers responded to a report of shots fired at 12.40 p.m. on Southeast 37th Avenue near Southeast Harvey Street. A USPS mail carrier who was in uniform was shot in the upper leg by what appeared to be a small caliber firearm, police said. The mail carrier who has not been identified was taken to the hospital and has not has non-life-threatening injuries. The mail carrier has since been released and is recovering at home. Four days after the shooting, police officers uh, with the Lake Oswego Police Department located a vehicle interested in a vehicle of interest in the case, which is described as a white Ford EcoLine, really an EcoLine passenger van. <laughs> That's a sus- suspicious vehicle. <laughs> Uh, Lake Oswego police officers have connected, uh, contacted the driver, 31-year-old 
Kevin Eugene Irving and Milwaukee police have arrested him. Who's shooting letter carriers what on motivation, Christmas Eve? What motivation could you possibly have for that? The only thing worse you can do is shoot Santa. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles fans once threw batteries at Santa. Well, yeah, but he kind of had that. So uh, Irving was taken to the Clackamas County Jail and faces multiple felony charges, including attempted murder, assault, and unlawful use of a weapon. Is it worse if you shoot a federal employee? Um, I don't know. I would imagine it. Maybe it depends on the on their. I mean, like if you shot the president, that would probably be a lot different than shooting a mail carrier. But they're because they're different federal employees. Wait, are they? Well, that's an elected official. Oh, that, yeah. Does he count as a federal employee? Like, if you shot the president's secretary? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody that works at the White House? The White House janitor gets shot. I don't have the first idea. We're going to have to di- dig into this law. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, we'll, we'll look up uh, constitutional law. So, uh, somebody on the fan text list says, too much junk mail? <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Don't, sh- don't shoot people at all. Especially no. don't shoot people on Christmas Eve. Especially when they're carrying your mail. mail. Well, I wonder if it's his letter carrier. It's like, this guy keeps bringing <laughs> the wrong... Jack Stein doesn't live here anymore! Yeah. Better than better than getting bitten by a dog? Part of no return to center, don't you understand? Would you rather be shot and have no life-threatening injuries, and you, but you're admitted to the hospital, or you're bitten by a large dog... Also admitted to the hospital, also no life-threatening injuries. Oh. Um. So basically you're going through the same thing. They, you know, they pull out the bullet, they stitch you up, they they pull out the dog's teeth, they stitch you up, whatever. I fancy myself a storyteller, and being shot, I think, probably makes for a better story, so I'll take that. Also less terrifying, I think. I think you get shot and you go... It happened so quick what? you weren't ready was for I, it. Did somebody shoot me? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just get shot what? in my leg? Whereas if you're getting bit by a dog... You, you know you, you're you know it coming and there's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we agree here. I think we're 100% in agreement. All right. Uh, what is going on with Southwest Airlines and what's next? We will discuss that in the next segment of In the News. We do that next. It is a Buck and Luke edition of Primetime on 1080. All right. The fan text line 503-250-1080. Sam the Mailman is in. And he votes for getting bit by a dog over being shot. If you just join us, we're talking about a mail carrier who was shot on Christmas Eve, took a bullet to the leg, non-life-threatening injuries, is already out of the hospital. Good news there. So we're asking the question, is it better to be bitten by a dog, sent to the hospital, non-life-threatening injuries, or being shot? Same scenario. Uh, Somebody else says, having both things happen, the story that goes along with being shot was much better than being bitten by the dog. So we have a listener that has been both shot and bitten by a dog. Man, I And to your point, better story. I want to hear both stories. <laughs> my, I really do want to hear both stories. My mom was bit by a dog when she was uh, selling Girl Scout cookies as a young girl. And she was, uh, they were basically going door to door. And there was like a, a Rottweiler or something sleeping near where they were walking. And they like burst out into laughter. And it startled the dog. And it thought, and they were like right by it. And this d- dog just chomped a big old movie-sized bite out of her butt cheek. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. My wife has a scar from a dog bite from when she was a kid right on her cheek. That's from a Dalmatian. Yeah, no thanks. Dog bites, I don't think are much fun. I had a, I was, I was going for a run and a dog kind of uh, 
broke through the fence and, and cornered me a little bit. And I was trying to get big and be mean so it didn't come after me. But I don't know what I was going to do with this poor dog if it came after me. But I was ready. Uh, I, fight or flight was in full force. And I'm not fast enough to outrun a dog. I know that. Oh, I know I'm so, not either. Yeah, I, I always... <sighs> those scenarios seem to come up every now... Like, you know, maybe once annually. And you're like, oh, what do I do here? Yeah. Well, and this was like uh, certainly some sort of pit bull cross. And so I was like, I'm not really looking forward to fighting this dog. But man, I was ready to. And I was really, really anxious about it. But that doesn't make a very good story if he had bit me. It would have been the same story, only then he bit me. And if you get shot, then yeah, then you got a story. I agree. All right. Uh, all right, we move on to uh, the airport. Kind of a mess yesterday. Apparently, and I, I need to be filled in on more details here because... Uh, I don't have a ton of details. So at this point, a, an executive spokesperson has not been made available from Southwest Airlines. But here's, Still? here's what we're being told. Southwest says they expect to return to normal operations Friday. That is tomorrow. Uh, of the flights canceled today, 95% of them are Southwest Airlines. That looks- Southwest has stranded somewhere near a million passengers, canceled more than 13,000 flights since it's and I'm going to use the same word they use in this article because it's great. It's meltdown began on December 22nd. I don't get how this meltdown comes to fruition the way that it did. Like, I don't get... I mean, we have... Their airlines have been operating for decades now, and we've had bad weather and busyness over the holidays for decades as well. So, like, what made this one year different for this one airline that all hell is broken loose? Yeah, I don't, I don't fully understand, and they haven't really spoken to that yet. Uh, they do have a new CEO that took over eleven months ago, so not great for him. I'd imagine not, or their yeah. stock price. <laughs> yeah, well, it, but it's also one of those things where I mean, we've had mass cancellations, and sometimes it's weather, and sometimes it's other things. So I feel like they're going to survive because there's not really anybody that's going to be able to take over the routes. Nobody has more flights and handles more domestic passengers than Southwest Airlines. So I feel like whatever the repercussions should be, what can you really do? It's a good point. You know, I mean, so you had a bad day. Well, then you had another bad day. Then you had a worse day. And then everybody else had a good day and you still had another very bad day. Get back to it on Friday. That's where it gets difficult. Like what's, what's your biggest, like what's your worst travel story? Oh man, I don't. I really don't have many bad ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, being stuck, being stuck at a destination. So I'll give you mine. Uh, and so I worked. Uh, I lived one year in Hawaii. When my wife and I got married, we moved to Maui. We lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. We lived there, and I was working for the Weston Kaanapali Ocean Resort Villas. That's where I stayed last year. Did you really? The north <laughs> the north side of Black Rock? It's absolutely beautiful. I'm going there next year as well. Yeah, the timeshare property. Not the one in Kaanapali, but the timeshare property. It is fantastic. That is where I worked. That was uh, my first hotel job nice. that I had. But yeah, my, uh, my grandma went out there, and she goes, uh, what would they do if I never left? And I was like, yeah. Probably, I might get in trouble, especially if I have to come in and talk you out of the room, Grandma. But she, yeah, it's it's a great property. Uh, but the year that I worked out there, there were two airlines, Aloha Airlines, 
and Air Tran, I think was the other one. Okay. That just shut down. Well, while like, operate like in the middle of being operational, I didn't warn people and yeah. So one day, all these people had a flight booked to Hawaii on Aloha Airlines, either going to or coming home from the islands. The next day, they suspended business as a whole. Wow. Uh, so you know what happens is you don't you don't make your flight. You get rebooked on something else. Right. And you get your money back for the flight. And you figure it out. Like, they, there's a bunch of compensation. But that they literally went out of business. Uh-huh. And, like, the people that were in Hawaii were like, uh, I guess we need to rebook the hotel room. And the hotel's like, well, we can't give it to you for free, so like we need to figure something out. But at the same time, like, you have Alaska, I don't think flew there at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawaiian did. Maybe American AirTran. United, perhaps. United, but not a ton of flights. Right, right. Uh, and so it's a ton of flights that just disappear. It's like, eh, you kind of get over it. And I think if it happened at any you know other random given time, it would be one thing. But what I what I had read is that you had a, a lot of people who had driven for three or four hours sure. to get to airports in inclement weather and then be stuck at that airport, yeah. not being able to go anywhere. And for four or five days, you're at this airport over the holiday, and you can't get back home either. I'm not saying yeah. that it's a good situation. No. But, but, but what do you do to the airline? You know, that, that's right. what I'm yeah. saying. Like, what, there, what, yeah. There's what, no recourse that you can take. Like, you can be what mad. reasonable recourse even exists? Yeah. There exactly. isn't one. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the other one, AirTran did the same thing, like, two months later when I was in Hawaii, and they completely shut their doors. And we had a friend that was on one of their flights. And we came back. We went camping for two days. We came back, and they're like, well, what do we do? And we're like, I guess you're staying with us for a few days. Uh, roving reporters in the field in. Uh, this person texting, I work at the airport, and this Southwest fiasco is living hell for the freight industry. Oh, it's ridiculous. Freight. I, I, didn't even I have been on the phone the last three days figuring out how to move our freight from Southwest to other airlines to make their destination. Yeah. Well, no, I listen. I I don't want to, I don't want to come across as... Uh, Insensitive. Oh, no, no. Anybody that had a flight delayed, anybody that is dealing with this mess, I am very sorry. But the fact that Southwest Airlines hasn't said anything about it, and and we want answers, and we, we'd like to figure out what's going on, I just think they're in a position where, unfortunately, they don't have to say anything, and they probably won't have to do anything. They'll, they'll, they'll probably shell out a few million dollars in compensation, and then they'll go right back to printing money. You'd imagine so. That's where it gets disappointing. Well, that is your In the News for, what day is it? Thursday? Thursday, December uh, 29th. 29th? Somewhere towards the end of the year. What were we saying early? We never know what day it is. Thursday, December 29th, 2022. We are almost into a new year. We will do one more edition of this. Wrap up the year next year. Should we do a Should we do a year-end edition? Should we start thinking about that? How do you even begin to quantify which uh, events... In I the don't news, know. I'm, the just, biggest third, I'm yeah. just thinking of this right now. Tomorrow is the last show. We could have a lot of fun on with tomorrow's prime show. time of the year because we're skipping Center in the Saint on Saturday. You have college football playoff games, and, yes, and we're an ESPN partner. We're going to have those games on. Yep. So tomorrow is the last show on the fan. Something to think about. 503-250-1080 if you have thoughts on the stories of the year. Maybe we'll do that for In the News. We'll do a year-end edition uh, tomorrow. But uh, for right now, we are done with that. We move on to Hour 3. Of course, we'll start with your Hot 5 5. Uh, I've got some uh, NBA news and notes to noodle on. 
that I thought would be interesting to get around to. We need to talk about Pele and how dead he is. And then, uh, of course, we have to get into the club hour where we talk about uh, what's hiding under the super volcano that's underneath Yellowstone and possibly Romanian pizzas and why you don't taunt climate activists. That's all to come. Sounds like a lot of fun, if we're being honest. Yeah. You know what? It's going to be a lot of fun. Hour two. Hour three is next. A Buck and Luke edition of Primetime on 1080. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 